listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Point of care testing spans so many areas of medicine that it is best defined by where it's done. Anywhere outside the centralized laboratory rather than by the kinds of tests that are performed. In general, point of care testing encompasses any tests that are performed at or near a patient and at the site where care or treatment is provided. Results are typically available relatively quickly so that they can be acted upon without delay. This is POC Talk with Dr. Kristen Talent. Kristen is a passionate pharmacist ready to help advance point-of-care testing for pharmacists nationwide. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Kristen Talent here on Talk, and I am here with an incredible guest today. She is an independent pharmacy owner on the East Coast, and we are going to talk about all things testing and how it has impacted her as a pharmacist and her career but also her independent pharmacy business. And so I want to open, though, by sharing with you something that I came across recently. Um, Biomed Central put out an article about implementing community pharmacy-based influenza point-of-care test and treat under collaborative practice agreement. And they stated that over 10,000 community pharmacies in the United States were already doing point-of-care testing. And when I dove into what they were referencing originally, they took me back to an article that was done in 2016, so pre-pandemic. So pre-pandemic 2016, the estimated number of community pharmacies doing point-of-care testing was over 10,000 pharmacies. And I would guess, although I can't find the data on it quite yet, I would guess that we're upwards of 15,000 community pharmacies, if not more, doing point-of-care testing at this point. And so it's a really exciting time. It's very challenging as well. But that's why I wanted to bring this incredible guest onto our show today so that she could go ahead and share her experience and what it's been like for her to be offering point of care testing to her community. And so without further ado, I want to go ahead and um, share with you. I want to go ahead and share with you Chi Chi Moma. She's the owner of Springfield Pharmacy on the East Coast. And please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Kristen. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Chi Chi Moma. I own and operate Springfield Pharmacy in Springfield, Pennsylvania in the suburb of Philadelphia um, and Del- here in Delaware County. Um, I am a pharmacist. Um, my pharmacy is about 10 years old. And over the years, we've evolved from being a traditional pharmacy and medical supply store to a combo shop that does long-term care and now more into enhanced clinical services. Um, and just like Kristen mentioned that we do point of care testing as well, um, lazing and collaborating with local providers, um, long-term care facilities, local schools, concierge services, and we are growing our clinical services department every single day, being innovative, doing extra stuff, and just trying to figure out the best way to help our community with their needs and also collaborate with providers in the area. 
Chi Chi, I'm over here. You can't see me, but I'm smiling from ear to ear because we have met in person a couple times now. Um, we've known each other for a little over a year. And it's been great knowing you and seeing what you've been doing. So tell me more, tell the world more about your testing journey. When did you start offering point of care testing? I'll say, um, when did I start dreaming about offering point of care testing is uh, back in 2018, um, I really wanted to do this and bring it into my practice because a few of my colleagues in other states were doing it and they were being very successful with it, especially during the flu season with testing for flu and being able to initiate um, treatment within three days, right? And it was very difficult in my state at the time because a pharmacist couldn't be a clinical director on the paperwork to be able to get a clear way certificate to run the point of care testing program. So I filled out all the application and I was just trying to get a medical director, a physician, an MD or DO to sign up for me. And it was very difficult for us. And then in 2019, we found a lab that we could just be a collection site. We didn't have to um, do the testing in-house. So that's how we kind of broke into the space and collect for a different lab to be able to send out. Oh, that's fantastic. So I did not know that about you, that you started. So you started all of this as a collection site. Yes. Okay. Um, and, and what were you testing for? Was it just flu or were you doing some other stuff with them? We were just collecting for flu. Great. And how did that go? It was very minimal and because we don't have control on whether the test is positive or negative, what can we do with it? You know, we can't really do much on our side and we were just collecting. Um, and it was the, the other lab was actually the one driving the clinical services. I was just a collection site, right? But it kind of helped us feel like we were getting closer and closer and helping us build some protocols around collection, being safe, disposal, uh, biohazards, and all that kind of stuff, and getting also more into the space of beyond flu, what else can we possibly do? So it created that conversation for me and my team. And then fast forward to 2020, when uh, the pandemic happened and COVID, and we still don't have a medical director for us to be able to do COVID testing. But we had another lab that we were collecting for. So we collect, send it out. And when the result came back for COVID, we could actually send the result to the patient. So we got a little closer to what we wanted to do. Um, there wasn't treatment that we could give, but we can um, recommend supplements, uh, recommend some things that the patients could do to help them with their symptoms. And that was the next phase for us. And then for the PrEP Act, um, our state decided, you know what, pharmacists can now be medical directors. And because I already filled out the form, immediately we sent it in. And let me tell you, Kristen, when we send it in, we did not send it only for flu and COVID. We included RSV, INR, hepatitis, blood glucose, name it. I think I had 10 things 
on that form because you never know. We might as well get it all, right? Um, so we sent that in and we got approved and then the real fun started. <laughs> and I love what you say about that because people get hung up on actually applying for their certificate and what to put on there, what to not put on there. And I have the same school of thought. Let's just put everything that we can possibly list on there. It doesn't mean you have to necessarily do it. And so then that way you're covered and you can just go ahead and kind of create and offer whatever it is that you want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And you also said some incredible things in there. You started as a collection site. So even though you weren't doing exactly what it was that you wanted to do, you were starting somewhere. And by starting somewhere, you pointed out all the different things that it was actually doing for you that you probably, I'm assuming, did not anticipate from the beginning. You signed up to be a collection site, and then it started giving you and your team experience in this arena, understanding different things that you need to know whenever you're testing your community. And to that point, you then started to see uh, what your community was maybe interested in, and they were starting to come to you guys for an additional service they probably weren't used to. Is that is that correct? That's absolutely correct. And be, just being that trusted voice in the community, and they will come to us and just just because we're a collection site and they see that we do services beyond dispensing, and it's almost like, hey, Dr. Moma, can you help us with this? You know, do you do you have an answer to this other problem that we have? So we open the door to other ideas, not only for us, but for patients and customers to start asking other questions that got our wheels turning a little bit. Hmm, you know what? Maybe we can. Let's do more research about this. Absolutely. So now are you a Clea Waved Lab at this yes. point? Yes, we are. We are a Clea Waved Lab. And um, we started with some, we started with COVID at first, and now we're doing more COVID, flu, and RSV currently. And we've done some pilot programs for INR just to see how it will go, how would, the, how would the public, how would the community receive it, how would other providers receive it. So, but we are full blown now. Oh, that's awesome. So what what has it done for your business? I would love to hear just as an from an owner's perspective, I would love to know what it's been like for you, you know, and and I'm going to ask a bunch of different questions kind of all at once to maybe get your wheels turning, but I would love to know how has it impacted you personally and your satisfaction with regard to your career as a pharmacist? How has it impacted your actual independent pharmacy business and how do you feel like it's impacted your community being able to offer point of care testing first of all enhances pharmacy practice you know it shows that we are limitless in what we can do and we can use a few of our superpowers of clinical knowledge um, it is not hard right and what it did for uh, my pharmacy is it showed our patients and our prospective patients and customers that we are evolving 
uh, pharmacy practice is evolving and that um, there's no limit to what we can do. And that every day we are pivoting and figuring out unique ways to have more enhanced clinical services in our business, right? It opened up doors. Uh, I, can, I can share like a little bit of example during and the highlight of, of the pandemic and people are getting sick and we're doing point of care testing. There are some there are some facilities that needed us to come out. We don't even serve them. They weren't even one of our nursing homes, right? They needed us to come out and test everybody in their facility, the staff and the residents. So that brought an extra revenue, extra exposure. Normally, I would never have been able to get through those doors to talk to the executive director or nursing director, but being able to offer this service got me in their building. I spent the whole day in their building networking, not just only swabbing them and testing them, but networking with them and being able to get more relationship in there. And they even invited us back. And now we're the ones that do all their vaccines, flu, COVID, pneumonia, shingles. So it just opens up doors for you and you just got to be creative and just lean into it and follow it. And, and <laughs> I have so much to say to that point, but I just think you said it so beautifully because I have started to recently say that point of care testing is the springboard to all other clinical services. And so what do you think about that statement with your personal experience? Absolutely. It is, it is a springboard because it's, um, it's a low-hanging fruit. You don't need too much investment into it. Um, and it's one of those things where you don't have to hire a full-time staff to get it done. You know, um, as pharmacists and, and pharmacy um, individuals, we, we already do all these things for patients. If a patient is like, I don't know how to use my diabetic stuff, right? You already carving out time to show them how to use their lancets, how to use their test strips. And it's something so easy that you don't have to go get special training to do point of care testing, right? So it's a low hanging fruit. You plug it in there. And then depending on your community and the needs of your community, it could blossom into something that you can't even begin to imagine. It's like you need to make space for it and then nurture it and then watch it drive you, right? In my community, maybe the need is for schools to be able to have easy access for a PCR tests if people are sick, right? And then I could run with that. In a different neighborhood, it might be flu, where people get sick and there's no really urgent care in the area, but they need to be able to get it because for flu, there's a three-day window, it's a very small window, and you will be in that light in that community to be able to offer that and have a quick turnaround to start therapy. So, and people might go to other big chain stores for their medication, but knowing that you're right there for point of care they'll start seeing you as the clinical pharmacy, the clinical pharmacist, the knowledgeable clinical pharmacist. Absolutely. And to that point with the larger chains, 
and this is not necessarily a knock against them, but what you're doing is different than what the chain pharmacies are doing. You're not handing out a test kit, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not handing out a test kit, having them do the swab, and then shipping it out to a lab. You are physically doing the collection on the patient right there at your pharmacy, whether it's inside the building or at the patient's car. You're then processing that test and then delivering the results within a very short amount of time to process all of this and get the patient their results same day. Is that correct? Absolutely. That's correct. And patients love that, you know. Um, imagine if if you needed a, a test before surgery or you needed a test before you traveled or whatever it is, just having that access to be able to pull up like a drive-through and we collect it and within less than less than an hour, less than two hours, um, you can get your results so that you can go for your surgery. Just being able to offer that kind of service uh, for patients, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's a totally different service. It's a totally different situation than having to, again, ship it out to a different lab, not necessarily having any control over that, and then wait, having the patient then wait for their results. And like you said, starting out like that is a great stepping stone to what it is that you're doing now. But what you're doing now is getting them answers today, right now, so that we can hopefully get you therapy. And if you need it, and then you can kind of move on your with your life as a patient. And that's what we deserve. Isn't that what we deserve as humans? Like the best possible health care that we can have access to. And I, I just feel like maybe our healthcare system is, um, is not really doing the best job of that right now. And COVID shined a really, uh, COVID shined a magnifying glass on the problems that we were probably already having with our healthcare system. I think it's afforded pharmacists the ability to start really embracing and practicing at the top of our profession and our licenses. Absolutely. I had a patient yesterday who t uh, did an um, at-home COVID test and the second line was very faint. And he did a second test at home and that one showed negative. So he's like, I don't have COVID. And meanwhile, it's coughing and hacking away. And it's like, you know what? Let's do a PCR test on you. Because I had a feeling he's still in the early stage. Um, maybe the at-home test wasn't really picking it up, but a faint line with the first one, it was very faint. I mean, very, very faint. So he did the second one and he was negative. So he's like, I told you, I don't have it, but let's do a PCR test. So we did a PCR test on him and he was positive, right? And I mean, thank God in our state, um, we can... We can test entry for COVID and we're able to pull up his labs that he's had, the recent labs, to be able to make sure that he does qualify for um, therapy. And we're able to prescribe it right there. So can you imagine if we didn't have um, that PCR capability, he would have walked, walked out like, I don't have COVID and then spread it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you were able to not only test him, but then complete, bring that patient full circle and give him the medication that he needed at that time. Yes. 
I mean, it's just incredible. And so I just want other pharmacists out there, whether you have an independent pharmacy, you don't have an independent pharmacy. It's an incredible time in our career. And there's so much noise right now. And there's so much negativity um, about our profession. But if you kind of, if you turn the volume down on the noise and you start kind of ignoring the negativity, it opens up this door of incredible opportunity. And I just, I just hope people can see that. And Chi Chi, you're an incredible example of that. So to be fair, though, to the topic, I feel like we need to talk about some things that were a little bit more difficult or things you don't like. So I would love to hear about one of the biggest barriers that you've run into during your point of care testing journey. I'll say in the beginning, especially to somebody that's thinking about this, uh, one of the barriers was, where do I start? Which, which equipment should I buy? Which one's better? You know, because um, you have to be able to do your homework, right? So you don't end up buying things that you don't need. Um, how much do I need to order? You know, from whom? Um how can I build out my SOPs? You know, do I need a separate room for this? So those are initially some of the barriers that I ran into in the beginning. And thank God for networking, collaboration, and um, taking some classes that helped us figure out, okay, because people are already doing this. So why reinvent the wheel? Just go learn from someone else so that you can do it better for yourself. Um, those were some of the barriers. And, and then I had a reimbursement issue, you know, should we bill insurance or not? And do you bill Medicare, Medicaid, you know, um, should we go cash only? Those kind of things too were things that I had to figure out pretty quickly before I made a mistake, you know, and also having a clear certificate, does that mean I could test for all the tech, all the stuff that I applied for. Do I need a standing order for certain ones or not? Those are the things that, um, as the owner of the of the clinic of the business, you have to make sure that you dot your eyes and cross your teeth. Yeah, and you you brought up so many good points, and those are the most common questions that people ask about testing. And how do you feel like? you handled those, maybe not physically, but do you feel like there's a mental piece to any of this? Absolutely. You know, cause sometimes you're like, did I, did I make the wrong decision? Did I call the wrong shot? You know? Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. Um, financial, emotional, making sure you're being very objective and not just going with the flow. Everybody's tested. Now let me go do it too. Um, even though I believe every every community pharmacy should have a point of care testing uh, business unit in their, in their clinic, because just get ready and get it done. It's better to just stay ready because the pharmacy practice is changing so quickly that you need to stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. You know, um, imagine if your state just releases a grant for your uh, pharmacies to be able to test for HIV. And you're like, oh my gosh, I want to do it, but I'm not ready because I don't have a clear certificate. But if you go get a clear certificate, you will be ready so that when things like this start changing, you're already ready. It's just plug and play. 
get ready so you can be ready. Yes. Uh, we need t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> we need t-shirts. I just came across another article recently that said point of care testing is anticipated to outgrow immunizations at the community pharmacy level. And so when you said, get ready so you can be ready, I instantly thought of that because how did we all feel about immunizations when all of that was starting to roll out? Of course, you had the pharmacists that were super excited about it and and all those things, but you had a ton of others that were thinking, that is not what I signed up for. That is not what I want to do. And that's not really a learning curve that I'm interested in navigating. Not to mention, you had to go for the certificate course. Um, and now we have CE that we have to keep up with. And so if that projection is right, what do you think it's going to do for the pharmacy industry? It's absolutely changed the game. Because a lot of us want to provide a status, right? And um, being more clinical in this aspect helps get us closer to that, right? Um, it's going to change the game. And vaccines, we see what vaccines, I mean, pharma pharmacies and pharmacists gave out majority of the COVID vaccine and this power in the kind of work that we do with the most easily accessible healthcare professional in the space and um, point of care testing, making it more accessible like this across the board, it's only gonna help um, our healthcare system here in the United States because we can catch, it's preventative care, right? We can catch these things earlier, we can start therapy earlier and patients can feel better sooner. It will decrease healthcare costs. It will decrease reinfection or spreading of diseases that can be controlled. Um, it's just, it's, it's not rocket science. It's so easy to be able to offer this at this level so that patients can then go to their provider for a more serious problem. So I think the professions start to butt heads and it's probably for a multitude of different reasons, but I feel like there's a little bit of a territorial issue that kind of goes on where as pharmacists were trained in the management of acute and chronic disease states. I mean, anybody who is a pharmacist knows that that's how we were trained. Once you have the diagnosis we are strategically placed to help manage and care for that patient. And that's what we want to do, especially those of us that are, are excited about the idea of expanding our scope and practicing at the top of our license and doing these test and treat type things and so on and so forth. I think that we can do that well. But I also feel like it's really important for us to get the message across that we don't want to replace the physician assistants or the nurse practitioners or the MDs or the DOs. They need to be there. They need to be exactly where they are. And we just want to partner with them so that we can do what we're trained to do and they can do more of what they're trained to do instead of dealing with 
I don't want to call it minutia because it's important. It's important for our healthcare system. It's important for the health of our communities. Um, but it's stuff that we as pharmacists are fully capable of doing. And so why not allow us to kind of take that off of their plates so that they can do more of what they're doing? So I love that you said that. Absolutely. We're not diagnosing. We're just um, an additional hand, you know, um, we're not diagnosing, we're just helping. And um, it's only to help them and to help the patient. It, we create an accessibility. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, and so you mentioned INR a little, very briefly earlier on. Um, and I would love for you, if you're willing to share, what have you done with INR when it comes to point of care testing? We did a we did a pilot study over the summer with um, a lot of my rotation students and interns. Um, we picked out a patient that was on Medicaid, uh, patients, commercial patients, you know, um, a wide range of patients, just to figure out if we test them every single day because they're on warfarin. We test them every single week, I'm sorry, every single week and report that result to their provider with recommendations because we're not telling the provider to switch anything. We're just saying, this is a result. This is what we recommend. Like a soap note, right? Um, How they will feel. So we wanted to see how will the patient feel? How does the provider feel? How does the office staff how do they feel? What, is this a good thing for them? And it was received very well. You know, we were able to catch a lot of stuff where maybe the providers did not take our recommendation, but it got the conversation started and it helped the patient not end up in the hospital, right? It's almost like, hey, guys, thanks, you know, because um, they didn't think that pharmacies could do stuff like that. And us being able to document it, follow up, get to know the patients even more um, on a person, more of a personal basis. And we even did a survey with the patients, like, would you pay for this service? Is it convenient for you? Would you like for us to continue it? You know, um, it was really eye-opening to see how receptive the physicians were, because I thought initially they were going to be upset that we're coaching in this space but they were very receptive about it. And the patients were too. We just got to figure out how to make this um, billable. Somebody got to pay for it. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? And, uh, you know, that is probably a whole other topic for another time. But how are you billing for your point of care testing? What have you decided to do at this point? We did a lot of um, cash initially, but now we figured out that we can really charge Medicare patients cash. Um, we're talking to our billing company, so we can bill. We bill Medicare for um, for COVID if they have Medicare. We figured out some uh, commercial plans that we're willing to bill, but most of the stuff we're doing is cash. Okay, and that makes it nice and easy, doesn't it? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And uh, there's some patients that want a concierge service where we come out to them or meet them where they are, and we can charge for that time as well. 
Oh, that's so cool. So back to the INR little pilot that you did recently. What is the difference between what you were doing versus what patients usually do whenever they have to get their INR tested? Some of them had to um, go to a lab um, to get their the levels tested because some of these patients don't qualify to be a maybe like Eliquis, you know, and all the other medication for some reason or the other. Maybe insurance doesn't cover it. Who knows? But most of them will have to go uh, to a lab to get the blood drawn. Or I had this one patient where um, a nurse had to come to the house. Like there's a, a service that comes to his house every week to 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 draw his labs and all that kind of stuff so and sometimes the times don't match up and if you miss that appointment like those kind of things are what we were, the feedback we're getting and for them to know that they can get it at our pharmacy um it was just it was good for them yeah it really sounds like it was and so a blood draw from like a regular lab that we're all used to versus what did you do in the pharmacy? It was a fingerprint. A okay. fingerprint. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds like a great opportunity. So are you planning on expanding that program? Yes, uh, we would love to. Um, we're just trying to figure out how to either get um, collaborative uh, agreement with the provider, standing order, whatever legal term is being called now. But we just want to make sure uh, legally how we can pull this off and maybe start with one practice um, and then go from there. That's really exciting stuff. So, okay, you have a best friend who's a pharmacy owner and they are asking you, you know, Chi Chi, just give me the scoop on point of care testing. Um, I'm thinking about doing it, but I, you know, I just don't really know. I, it just seems like another thing. What do you say? What are you waiting for? Just get it done. Do it like yesterday. You know, um, if, if you don't, if you don't adapt to change, you're going to die off. Um, it's part of growth. Um, there's a lot of negativity out there. This test to treat business, you know, the reimbursement are so low and we can complain all we want, but what is your vision? What kind of business do you want to have? If, if, if this is not in alignment with your vision, I get it. Then don't do it. But the pharmacy practice is changing. The pharmacy industry is changing and you gotta, you gotta stay with it and adapt with it and, um, and stay ready. So you don't got to get ready, you know, just you got to get it done. And it's some people have the immunization certificate, but they just chose not to do immunization. It's a choice, you know, so get your clear certificate, create the space for it. And then you just never know. Um, it's an easy, low hanging fruit. I, I encourage you to look into it network with people, ask questions, ask me questions. Um, Kristen, ask Kristen, because she's, she's a pro in this, ask questions in 
understand and start small, you know. And the good thing about uh, clear certificate is if you only have flu and decide, you know what, I want to do more. You can always just turn in one paperwork, just one page, and they'll add more to it. So um, get it done. Do it. Just do it. <laughs> you said it again. Get ready so you can be ready. Um, and it's been incredible talking to you today. I am so excited that I was able to scoop up a little bit of time from Chi Chi's busy schedule to share her with the world. And so if you're listening to this, I hope you found incredible value. Chi Chi, thank you so much for your time and for being here today. It's really been such a pleasure talking to you as always. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right, everybody. If you're not point of care testing, now might be the time to start. You have not missed the boat and nor is it limited to COVID. So I hope you were able to see that. All right. Until next time. Mm -hmm.